Welcome to Latitude, the show for freelancers, founders, and creators about all of the non-business parts of running a successful business. Last week, I talked with Anne-Laure LeCumpf. Anne-Laure runs Nest Labs, a venture studio dedicated to products that help people be happier and healthier. A big part of that for her has meant publishing a new research-based article every weekday for now over 100 days. And that's all in addition to doing consulting work, taking neuroscience courses, and developing an online course. I really enjoyed this interview, and it was definitely one that I was looking forward to. The combination of creativity, entrepreneurship, and wellness, all based around a more scientific, research-driven approach, really aligns with what I'm trying to do with Latitude. The idea that we can be more productive by focusing on mental well-being rather than specifically on productivity is something that overlaps quite a bit in both of our work. Anne Lore has created a personal growth framework called Mind Framing, which brings all of these topics together. Along with writing, Mind Framing was most of what we talked about in this interview. So let's take a look at some of the takeaways of both the Mind Framing concept and from writing. So here's the gist of Mind Framing. So it's basically a productivity method that I designed for makers to get stuff done without losing their sanity. The interview goes a lot more in depth about the overall structure of Mind Framing than I'm going to do here. But we'll take a look at some of the main points, and then more importantly, we'll take a look at some of the ways we can apply them. So there are two basic parts of the framework. The first is the mindset or mind frame that you use to approach whatever you're trying to learn. This is where we get the name mind framing, of course. There are three mind frames, and that's growth mindset, metacognition, and self-authorship. Growth mindset is the one you're probably the most familiar with, and it's basically just the belief that you can grow and improve. The idea that your skills and talents aren't fixed and that they can be influenced by your own actions. Then metacognition is being aware of both how you learn most effectively, but also what you do and don't already know. Finally, self-authorship means defining your own beliefs, values, and processes. So ironically, this whole structure kind of means that you should take inspiration from the framework, but then only hold on to the parts that work best for you. Self-authorship is also realizing that there's a lot that you can't control and then focusing on your responses and the things that you can control. So there are two things I want to pull out of this topic of mind frames. There's this conversation around the existence of free will in both the scientific community and in general, and I think that overlaps really nicely around the conversation about fixed and growth mindset. If you don't believe in free will, you're less likely to believe in the influence you have on your own life and your own growth. But to me, this conversation of free will is almost irrelevant. What is relevant is the way it affects your life. Even if free will and having a growth mindset don't objectively reflect reality, it's still probably the most useful way to approach life. If you believe you can change and improve, you're so much more likely to try. Then it becomes this self-perpetuating thing where even just the belief that you can make progress leads to progress. And then I just wanted to make the connection between self-authorship and the philosophical approach to Stoicism. So here's a quote from the Daily Stoic. Stoicism doesn't concern itself with complicated theories about the world, but with helping us overcome destructive emotions and act on what can be acted on. It's built for action, not endless debate. The single most important practice in Stoic philosophy is differentiating between what we can change and what we can't, what we have influence over and what we don't. A flight is delayed because of weather. No amount of yelling at an airline representative will end a storm. No amount of wishing will make you taller or shorter or born in a different country. Time spent hurling yourself at these immovable objects is not time spent on the things we can change. So the big takeaway from both stoicism and the mindset portion of mind framing is to take time to understand what things you can change, 
believe you can change them and then start implementing that change. Once the mind frames of growth mindset, metacognition, and self-authorship are established, there's a four-step process to actually start applying the mind frames to your day-to-day. That process is called PARI, and it stands for PACT, ACT, REACT, and IMPACT. Creating a pact is just making a promise to yourself or others. This only takes a moment, but it creates the first building block of the whole process. And then acting is the learning process. Reading a book, taking a course, talking to someone about the challenge you're trying to solve. These generally take a few hours. Next is react. How do you respond to the learning actions you took? Start to internalize the knowledge just by sharing it with others. This can mean writing a blog post, recording a video, or even just sending an email to a friend. And this generally takes in the range of a few hours to a few days. Finally, impact is where the internalized learning you gained from the previous steps turns into something more useful to yourself and those around you. Now that you understand the concept you're trying to master and have shared your understanding of it, it's time to start applying it to a real-world project. Writing a research paper, coding an application in a new language, or having a conversation with someone in a foreign language are all great examples of this. And the impact stage will usually take the most time of any of the stages, because this is where whatever you've been working on is distilled into actual, tangible output. I'm certainly guilty of spending too much time watching tutorials, listening to podcasts, and then forgetting what I learned. But this approach means not only more learning, but more output and productivity that can be applied to whatever area you're trying to improve on. It really means taking what you're learning and applying it. And then through that, you're going to actually cement that learning process. The biggest takeaway here is that even though traditional learning was a quarter of the steps, it's actually even a lot less than a quarter of the time you would dedicate to the overall process. The react and impact parts of the process need more time dedicated to them. And those are the stages that will lead to actual results. So how can you take what you're trying to learn and start applying it to the real world or even just talking about your learning process? Now, it's probably safe to say that a majority of this framework came out of Ann Laura's daily writing habit. It's not only been a great way for her to grow her business, but it's been a way for her to consolidate her thoughts. But I've always loved writing and I see both as a way, obviously, to share my ideas with the world, but at a more fundamental level, I see it as a way to grow and as a way to learn. It's really a good way for me to crystallize what I think about and how I think about it. And and I think lots of people have experienced experienced this, but you know, I feel like if I can't write about a topic, it's probably that I haven't really mastered it yet. So I really see it as a great learning tool. And so I use it as part of mind framing, but I also use it just for myself too. can be, you know, journaling or just, you know, even writing tweets, like short tweets and trying to condense your, your thoughts in this tiny little box. So yeah, I, I use writing in lots of different aspects of my life. And it has been definitely fundamental in my work and even my just like mental well-being in general. I totally agree with all the benefits she outlines, but I haven't always loved writing. I like to think I'm a decent writer, but it's always been challenging and it's rarely been enjoyable for me. With that said, though, I will be applying a few things from this interview to kickstart my writing. One thing I'm going to try is writing with no expectation of publishing or sharing with anyone. I did this a couple years ago, and it was some of the writing that I've enjoyed most, so hopefully I can tap into that again. 
And Laura is able to lower the pressure of each individual article by knowing she's going to publish each day. That schedule allows her to focus more on the process and less on the outcome and how it'll be received. And while the idea of publishing something daily sounds exhausting and anxiety-inducing to me right now, I do agree in the value of editing less and taking it a little less seriously. So my way of decreasing that pressure I feel when writing will be knowing that I won't be hitting publish at the end. Another thing Anlor mentioned that we didn't really get to go into further during the interview is the process she uses to write her daily articles. She mentions that she has an ongoing list of topics or ideas that she adds to randomly, and then she pulls from it each morning when she starts writing. And this is so, so important. Just by having that reference, the whole idea of what to write about isn't a blocker that keeps you from writing. You just pick an idea and go for it. It also has the added benefit of giving enough structure to make writing easier, while keeping enough flexibility that it's still fun. You have a predefined list of topics that were interesting to you at some point, and so there's always a place to start. But then you can just choose whichever topic is the most relevant and the most exciting to you for that day. So if writing is something you'd like to do more of or get better at, I'd encourage you to find a way to start collecting each thought you think might be useful for writing later. And I'd also encourage you to lower the pressure of how it'll be received. Because sometimes we can't even know that beforehand anyway. And those are some of the things that I'll be trying to do as well. Finally, if there is any part of the mind framing framework that stood out to you the most, I'd love to hear how you're applying it. Before we wrap things up, I want to take just a second to talk about Podia. Podia provides all of the tools you need for online courses, downloads, and memberships. But more importantly, they believe in and support people creating those things. Podia really enables people like us to do the work we love. I'm a longtime Podia user, and I've been an advocate of theirs from well before they sponsored the show. My Podia course has directly led to thousands of email subscribers and five figures in revenue. Whether you're an expert developer or creating your first ever digital product, Podia makes it fast and easy to create something that not only looks good, but converts well, too. Creating something out of nothing is hard, but Podia makes creation a little bit easier. And they're offering a lifetime discount of 15% to listeners of the Latitude podcast. To get your discount or just learn a bit more, go to podia.com latitude, or there's a link in the show notes. Next time, I'll be chatting with Jason and Caroline Zook. They've taken their new membership and coaching program from brand new to 10K in monthly recurring revenue in almost exactly a year. Before that, though, they've both spent time doing client work, creating courses, and writing books including some pretty off-the-wall projects, like Jason legally changing his name to the name Jason Surfer App as part of a sponsorship promotion. Because they're married and business partners, they're aligned pretty closely on most things, but they do approach certain routines and business decisions a bit differently. It was really interesting to get two different perspectives from the same set of questions. We talk about burnout, how it can look different for different people, and how to recover from it. Then we also talk about how you can own your weird, which is both the new book that Jason just published, but also a way of living a more authentic life and bringing that into your business. So if you're interested in that conversation or other conversations with entrepreneurs, product people, freelancers, and creators, hit subscribe to get upcoming interviews and these actionable breakdowns of the interviews. This is also the part of the show where I'm supposed to ask you to rate and review. But rather than that, I just want you to send a tweet, message, email, or carrier pigeon to a friend about the one thing you learned and how you're going to apply it. You can also send that takeaway or any feedback about the podcast directly to me on Twitter as Zavzen. Links and more are in the show notes at createlatitude.com slash podcast. And I just want to remind you that you already have the tools you need to create a little more latitude in your day, your business, and your life.